Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. It's Rabbi Daniel Goldfarb here again from the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. We're, uh, and we're on uh, Daf uh, Vav, uh, page 6 today of Masechet Rosh Hashanah. We're coming to the end of a three-page discussion of the duty to pay debts uh, to the Temple on time, lest one violate the commandment in Deuteronomy 23, Lo ta'acher l'shalmo. Don't pay late. An early rabbinic statement, a bright, on page four, extended widely the list of matters subject to the law of timely payment to over 15 kinds of pledges or obligations, including money valuations. For example, if I say, I pledge my value to the temple, or objects that I promise to give to the temple, or sacrifices, charity, tzedakot, it says, tithes, firstborn and tithes of cattle, the paschal sacrifice, uh, gleanings from the harvest, forgotten sheaves in the corner of the field. The Gemara learns many of these from a careful reading and parsing of a neighboring and related verse. You must fulfill that which your lips have uttered, and do what you vowed freely to the Lord your God, even that which you promised with your own mouth. On page 6a, the Talmud asks, what is learned from the last word of that verse, Beficha, with your own mouth? Bafiche, it says, refers to pledges to charity. Stakot in the Brighter's list. They, too, are subject to the three-festival period for timely payment. To which the 4th century Babylonian rabbinic scholar Rabba apparently takes exception right on the spot. For charity pledges, Rabba says, one becomes liable for d- delay if he does not pay immediately. Why? Because the poor are waiting. Of course, there is a technical reason why charity need not be tied to the festivals. It is given out in the place where the needy are, not at the temple in Jerusalem. But more important, poor people are often in immediate need, and waiting could do them further damage or even cause death. Some commentators try to resolve the differences between the Brita and Rabbah about the time for paying charity. Rabbah, they say, is talking about places where there are poor people. They must be helped immediately. But in places where there are no poor people, which seems quite theoretical even today, let alone 2,000 years ago, you have up to a year to make your payments to charity. Rabbi here is hinting at the very high priority of charity, tzedakah, in Judaism. It is interesting to note that there is no duty to help the needy in the Ten Commandments. This highly regarded codex for civil human conduct instructs us, instructs us primarily what we must not do, idolatry, murder, theft, adultery, false oaths, and jealousy jealousy corrupt and undermine a healthy society. But Judaism demands that we do more than simply abstain from doing harm to others. Deuteronomy 15.17 commands us specifically, if there is a needy kinsman within your gate, do not harden your heart or shut your hand from your needy brother, but you should open thy hand and lend him sufficient for whatever he needs. The Torah reminds us here that the poor is also Achicha, your brother. Call Yisrael Arevim Zelizeh, 
All Jews have responsibility one to the other, Chazal tell us. Staka is a positive mitzvah of the highest value. It is one of the half dozen mitzvot which are considered equivalent to all other uh, religious uh, precepts combined. The Talmud does not connect kulam. The Talmud does not mean this literally, of course. One who gives staka is still expected and obligated to the other commandments. But it is a rabbinic metaphor for emphasizing just how important the rabbis considered staka. As noted, the Ten Commandments do not include any specific positive duty to help the needy, nor in fact do the seven Noahide commandments, which the Talmud says apply to the rest of the world, in the observance of which provide non-Jews with entry to Olam Haba, the world to come. On the other hand, the Talmud lists as one of the ten conditions for a city in which a Jew is considering to live, that besides a court system, sanitary conditions, a synagogue, kosher food, and Jewish education, there must be a charity fund, Kupashel Stakah, where at least two people monitor the collection of the money and three the distribution. The Gemara in Baba Batra, pages 8 through 10, and in other places, relates in detail how much people are supposed to contribute to charity, depending on their status, whether they're newcomers to a place and veteran or veteran residents, and how much we owe to the poor and how often we're supposed to make those donations. In Exodus 24.12, where God tells, calls Moses to come up the mountain and says, I will give you the tablets of stone and the law and commandments, Rashi says, Kol mitzvot bichlal aseret hadibrot hen. All 613 mitzvot are implicit, implicitly contained in the Ten Commandments. This follows views going back to Sadia Gaon in the 9th century, that the Ten Commandments are like super categories. And this explains why the Shulchan Aruch warns us to be very careful about giving tzedakah. One must not wait a minute, because if one delays, he could put the life of the very needy person into danger. And it continues, make one liable for bloodshed should that needy person die of hunger. Judaism does, through rabbinic interpretation, see the duty to give tzedakah implied in the Ten Commandments in the prohibition of murder. One can murder with a gun or a knife, and also with delay in extending help to the poor amongst our brethren. The Midrash says that whoever die, denies the duty of gimilud chasadim, the doing of good deeds to help the needy, of which charity is an important category, ki'ilu kofer b'ikar. It's as if he denies a fundamental tenet of Judaism. And as for Rabbah's ruling, the charity must be paid la'altar immediately, Staka is one of the several mitzvot we do do without first making a bracha of mitzvah, asher kitsham mitzvotav v'tzivanu. And one of the reasons given is that the poor person in dire need of food, shelter, or medical care does not have time to wait while the donor makes the bracha. Every second counts. A few months ago I saw a film about how several thousand Jews from Greece and Bulgaria were saved from the Nazis by escaping to Albania. And one Albanian told about his father, a Muslim baker in Tirana, who ran to the train station to greet and the sheltered Jews who were arriving. His hands were still covered with flour. He hadn't stopped to wash them, lest the Nazis get to the train station ahead of him. We'll conclude with the Talmudic story about Binyamin Hatzadik, Benjamin the, the Righteous. Binyamin Hatzadik was the supervisor of the charity fund in his town, the Kupa. One day, during a period of extreme drought, a woman came to me, came to him and said, Sir, help me. 
He replied, I swear, there is not a penny left in the coupa. She said, sir, if you do not help me, a woman and her seven children will perish. He reached into his pocket and gave her from what he had. The Bible and Talmud do not, do not bestow the term tzaddik on people lightly or often. The only information we have about Binyamin is this story. He lived in poverty. Times were terrible. The local federation was broke. But when faced with a woman, a family literally starving, Binyamin literally shared, shared from the little he had for himself and his family without delay or hesitation. That's why he's rightly called a tzaddik. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.